through episodes the world almost ended this year um the sports world is dwindling to an end fucking baseball just ended like 10 minutes ago and uh currently uh we got me trading and james uh tonight uh the trifecta because our other two guys tyler and alex are literally at a loss of words with their fucking doigers finally winning the asterisk championship world series this year. Um, (laughs) uh, I just did notice a random stat. Uh, The three championship series this year, NBA, NHL, MLB, they've all ended on a game six. That is, that is six, 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 the number of the beast. This year is 2020, the worst fucking year of all time. In other words, I'm moving to fucking Croatia. All right, guys. (laughs) Like Croatia. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. Or Canada. I don't know. I feel like I would fit in in one of those two countries. Um, <laughs> yeah, trading. I mean, you were watching a lot of these games. I mean, yeah, we yeah. got we got to talk a, like a quick snippet of this World Series. And also, our two guys, Tyler and Alex, that are diehard Deutschers fans, uh, they will be doing a little La La Land spinoff later this week, and they're going to be giving you all the details of the World Series with the Dodgers this year. But we'll we'll talk a little snippet of it. Trading, what do you have to say for yourself? Hey man, I, as I've said on this podcast many times, I'm not a traditional baseball fan. Um, I've always been, you know, interested in the World Series. I think it's always I think it's always great, and I think I think that playoff baseball is just a different beast. You know, it's just completely different. It really makes baseball extremely fun to watch. Um, I was on my toes you know, every single game I was very, I was, I was dialed in. I was interested. Um, I, I guess the synop- my synopsis of the game was, or the, the series, excuse me, was just a back and forth battle. I mean, I, I, I think that the Tampa Bay Rays are scrappy, man. I mean, they just, they, they just wouldn't go away. And I think they were starting to really frustrate the Dodgers tour, especially after that crazy uh, game on Saturday. Um, um, I think that, you know, I think that really frustrated them. And I think the beginning of this game, you know, today's game frustrated them, but um, the Dodgers got their timely home runs. They got their time. They, they, they really relied on their offense to, to bail them out. And then they had a couple of good pitch, you know, um, pitching outings from, uh, from their, from their ACE. Um, and I just don't think the Rays, and I think we talked about this, the Rays don't have the offense to, to compete and they didn't have the offense to compete um, at the end of the day, in my opinion. Traden is now a professional MLB analyst. Um, but yeah, I mean, you are right. And I, I feel like the Rays manager tonight reminded me of Joe Madden. He pulled dude, Snell oh my God. in the fucking sixth inning. The dude was, he pitched, yeah. he, they had one fucking hit. Yeah. They, and so they pulled Snell. He had one hit. And oh shit, we We're have... Here, a new joining member of the podcast, Alex. <laughs> My bad. How are you doing? I thought you guys would be at a loss for words. I didn't know if you guys were going to return tonight or not. Uh, I'm feeling pretty great. Uh, a lot of screaming, a lot of jumping around. Uh, the puppy was not 
pleased. Uh, scared the shit out of him, but it's been a great night. Can't complain. Nice. How uh, worried were you? How worried? Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> in the first five innings, he could have been worried. I mean, Blake Snell. Oh my dude, god. MV- MVP Kevin Cash for taking out Blake Snell when he's throwing. <laughs> dude, he looked like Sandy Koufax out there. What are you doing? Yeah, we were literally just saying that as you entered. I was like, dude, he looked like Joe Madden pulling Snell (laughs) early. The guy had like one hit. He gave up one hit. He just looked confident as shit. Yeah, 73 pitches, uh, you know, partway through the fifth. It's insane. That's the way the Rays have done it, you know. That's how they got to this point. And I don't – I mean, it it didn't work. And sometimes it just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, Quick – so, so is Tyler is Tyler going to join tonight? Or <laughs> uh, he said his Wi-Fi is not working because he's in Bermuda. So yeah, we can. I'd say we just continue on without okay. him and okay. go from there. Breaking news, guys! Tyler cannot figure out his Wi-Fi. Uh, <laughs> one, because he's an idiot, and two, he's in Ber- the Bermuda Triangle. But Alex has joined us. He's willing to talk World Series and other things with us tonight, as well as his segment. Uh, the last guy. We're going to get to is James, of course. Um, James, how you doing, man? <laughs> good, man. I'm good. Watched some baseball for the first time in a long time. It was cool. Yeah. Dodgers won. I mean, that was the big – that was expected. Wish it didn't happen, but it happened. Yeah, I mean, so, I won yeah. 76 bucks today off DraftKings. Oh, shit. Yeah. Damn, Thank I you, have done that. I think uh, – I just want to ask James about Sunday night football. I – I don't think it was really a battle of who wanted to win as much as it was a battle of who wanted to lose. Cause it just like giving up, giving up their chances to win every single turnover. That was a damn good game. You gotta be, you gotta be like, you gotta oh, admit it that. It was fantastic it was game. ridiculous. It was just ridiculous. You miss a kick and then you throw a pick. It's just like, do you want to win or do you want to lose? <laughs> I see your own kicker, man. That was crazy. How many times did Chris Collinsworth go? Now here's a guy. <laughs> so um, many. <laughs> Drink but, a beer every uh, time that happens. As a Rams fan, I'm a little worried because one, they fucking trashed that game to the Niners, and two, the Cardinals and the Seahawks are both pretty solid teams. They're definitely that is best, definitely the best division in football this year. I must say, um, you know, we can't all be like the Cowboys and Eagles and you know be in first place with two wins and just be such a terrible team. <laughs> but we'll leave that for next time we see Tyler to talk to him. But when we come back, we're going to get right into football. Waiver wires, of course, with James. Uh, good stuff when we return. More breaking news, guys. We just returned, and Tyler appeared out of thin air, and his wife I did too from the Bermuda Triangle. His screen is Yo. black, but his voice is present. Hello. Um, hello, Tyler. Uh, how are you doing? Uh, I couldn't be happy right now, man. Uh, Dodgers just fucking won the World Series, and it still hasn't really hit me yet. Um, it's like 1 a.m. here in Bermuda, but I have to be up at work at 7 a.m., but I don't fucking care. Let's fucking go. Yeah, congratulations. A lot of F-bombs uh, there. Yeah. But, uh, dude, you sound like an alien or something right now. I'm serious. Like, it's, I'm a little worried for you. 
Um, anyways, we are back and we're talking football with James Waiver Wires. Let's hear it, James. I fucking lost this week in fantasy by like four points and I'm pissed, but let's hear it. Okay. Waiver Wires for week eight. Okay, let's start with a fantasy update here like we usually do. Eric, like you just mentioned, lost, bringing him to a record of five and two, tied for second place. Tyler lost as well, bringing him also to five and two, tied for second. Traden lost two, bring him to three and four. You guys suck. He's three and four, tied for fourth. I won. I'm the only person that won. I beat Alex, making me three and four, tied for fourth. And Alex is now one and six in last place. Dude, I lost. Really cementing it. Yep. Didn't check. <laughs> just over, man. You got a beer mile like crazy. Who's in first? Jeremiah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> He's killing it. Uh, teams on by this week is the football team, the Cardinals, the Texans, and the Jags. Starting off strong here with QB, my pick is Teddy Bridgewater from Carolina. He's owned in 30.6% of leagues. In week seven, he had 19.16 points against New Orleans, which is a pretty good defense, kind of. He went 23 for 28 for, for 254 yards and two touchdowns. He also added two carries for 10 yards. He's very, very efficient, and he's very accurate as a QB. He's only dropped under 64% completion percentage one time this season. He can also run. Uh, he has 105 rushing yards over the last four games. That's huge for a quarterback, quarterback so that's 10 points right there. Every 10 yards is one point. Um, he also has two wide receiver ones on his team in Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. His running backs also catch the ball. Look at CMC, look at Mike Davis. Those guys are PPR machines. Up next, he plays the Falcons on Thursday Night Football tomorrow, because this will come out Wednesday. So he plays tomorrow. We all know how bad the Falcons are. They're terrible. Really bad. They find a way to lose games all the time. Look at Todd Gurley this Sunday. Got a touchdown when he wasn't supposed to get a touchdown. Um, this game should be a shootout. Vegas has the over-under set at 49. A lot of points going to be scored here. So a lot of Teddy, a lot of chances for Teddy to score points. Tyler, give Deshaun Watson and Cam Newton as your QBs. Deshaun is on a bye and Cam put up a like horrendous performance against the Niners and got negative points. Then he got pulled. Would you consider adding Teddy Bridgewater? Uh, yeah, 100%. Um, this is the point in the season where you're just trying to pick up people to fill in spots on buys, um, trying to get anything you can. Um, I think Teddy Bridgewater, if you're in need for a quarterback this week, is a really, really good option. As you mentioned, playing against the Falcons, one of the worst defenses in the league. He's been pretty consistent. Uh, he scored 19 or more fantasy points in four or seven weeks. Um, so he's, he's going to give you a pretty good chance to get a pretty good uh, uh, spot start for your quarterback. Christian McCaffrey might come back this week. Does that add or decrease Teddy Bridgewater's value? Increases a little bit, depending on how much they use him. Obviously, you know, Teddy Bridgewater can run a lot, but I think that, you know, Christian McCaffrey will do his thing with, uh, with, with the run game. Teddy Bridgewater will, will do his. Um, but I think he's still a solid quarterback with his arm, and he'll still get you a lot of points either way. I like that. Uh, a couple of other notable picks here is Jimmy G from San Francisco. He's on 24%. He plays Seattle, which is a pretty terrible defense. And also, Traden's guy, Derek Carr. He's owned in 34.8% of leagues. Moving on to running back, this is my favorite pick of the week by far. It's Jamichael Hasty from San Francisco. He's owned in 3.5% of leagues. In week seven, he put up 8.3 points. Against New England, he had nine carries for 57 yards and one reception for 16 yards in pretty much a half. Keep that in mind. So, why is this the first time you've ever heard of him? Because he's actually a rookie practice squad player. The thing about it is the Niners 
other three running backs, their first three running backs, are all on IR. Raheem Mostert, IR. Tevin Coleman, IR. And Jeff Wilson Jr., IR. The running backs in a Kyle Shanahan offense typically have top 10 weeks. It doesn't matter who they are. They're going to score. That San Francisco offensive line is killing it right now. Uh, case in point, Jeff Wilson Jr., who nobody knew about until this week, put up 32 points in three quarters. What about Jake McKinnon? Isn't he still there? Yeah, he is. But Kyle Shanahan's keeping as the third down back because he's been injured the last two years. He's only going to be there for passing downs. Jermichael Hayes is going to take all that running back work. Next up, Seattle. The Seahawks are a good team, no doubt. And Russell Wilson is absolutely killing it, as we saw Sunday night. But their defense isn't their specialty anymore. Seattle's ranked 31 on defense out of 32 teams. They're bad. People will score on them. Jermichael Hayes is going to feast. This will be a good game to watch, everybody. I wish it was Sunday night. Instead, we have some shit team on Sunday night. Anyway, trading. We talked a lot this week about how your running running backs are decimated. In fact, you had to rely on Boston Scott and J.D. McKissick this week. McKissick is now on by. So would my would Hasty make a cut for a running back waiver? Um, yeah, he he he'll make he make a cut for that. I mean, week seven he made a few big plays um, after he got some meaningful time when uh, Jeff Wilson went down. Just adding to the multitude of Niners running backs that are injured, like it seems like it's like a graveyard for for them at this point. <laughs> Um, 47 yards, nine attempts at 6.3 yards per, per carry. Those are solid numbers. And like you said, Niners have a very strong and he- uh, very run heavy offense. And as you said, you, you put anyone in the backfield then they're going to put up numbers in the top tier every, every week. Um, and he's a pickup just, just based on that alone. I mean, he's shown that he can actually, you know, move the ball despite it, despite being a practice squad player. Um, your, your, your offensive line is strong enough to, to really support anything that, that, you know, is, is playing in the backfield. Um, and again, they played the Seahawks on Sunday who have hit, have probably an historically awful offense in, in, as, as it comes to them, their standards. So, um, this is a huge opportunity to bring in, you know, hasty and, and during, especially the buy period. And especially if you have running back issues like me. So, uh, that's that, I think this is a great pick. If he stays healthy and plays for the entire game, so all four quarters, do you think he'll be a top five running back this week? I mean, based based on who you're playing, yes, I can I can see that. I can see him. I can see him cracking in the top five position. No, no doubt. Me too. That's so I'm trying to pick him up. A couple of other notable running backs here is the Michael P. Ryan from the Jets and Malcolm Brown from the Rams. Moving on to wide receiver, we have Sterling Shepard from the Giants. This is Alex's guy, so I'm gonna ask him the questions later. Um, he's owned in 36.2% of leagues in week seven. He had 17.9 points against Philadelphia. He had six receptions on eight targets for 59 yards and one touchdown. Keep in mind, this was his first game back. He had missed four games before that because he had turf toe. So first game back had 59 yards and the touchdown is really good. As a whole, he's had 18 targets in two games and pretty much 15 snaps. That's a lot of targets for that amount of time. He's been the Giants' number one wide receiver pretty much since OBJ left. The coolest thing about Sterling Shepard is that he has great hands. He doesn't drop a pass, but he can also run a full route tree. He can run slants. He can run go routes. He can run double moves. He can go post, ins, outs, anything. He runs out with ease. He's a skilled route runner with great hands. That's all I could really want, all I could ask for. Up next, they have Tampa Bay. Granted, Tampa Bay pretty much has the best defense in the league right now, 
but Tom Brady's on a tear and will probably put up a lot of points, which means the Giants will have to pass and Sterling Shepard gets more opportunities. Alex, if I remember correctly, and I think I do, you really like Sterling Shepard as a wide receiver during my off-season segments. Can you make a case to add Sterling Shepard to your team right now? Well, yeah. So if you're me and you draft Michael Thomas with your first pick and then he's played all of part of one game, so your wide receiving course fucked, uh, yeah, go get Sterling Shepard. He's the best offensive player on that Giants team that's not named Daniel Jones at this point. Um, you know, Saquon's out. The rest of that wide receiving course is iffy. Um, Evan Ingram, the pass catcher, the tight end, has been up and down all year, um, especially after watching him perform well after coming back from turf toe, which, you know, sometimes players come back from turf toe and they can play, but they're not very effective. Granted, he was playing the Eagles, who are obviously awful, um, and this Bucks team is a much better team. But if you got players on a bye and you're looking for someone who has you know big play potential and who's going to play majority of the snaps, go ahead pick up Sterling Shepard for sure. Uh, do you think he's going to continue being the number one target on this team going forward? Yeah, I don't see why not. Um, you know, I just don't trust Golden Tate. Um, uh, what's his name? Slayton, right? He's pretty. He's a probably their number two now with with Shepard back um it, I feel like it kind of depends on what team you're playing so if you have better options because they are playing the Bucks you know maybe wait another week but maybe pick them up as a uh as a backup kind of like preparing for the following week I like that uh, a couple of other notables is Brandon Ayuk from San Francisco Debo Samuels on an IR Ayuk gets consistently 15 points look at him he's only under 27 percent of leagues and Corey Davis, who I've said before from Tennessee, just because the Titans offense is really good and they're just blazing right now. Lastly, we have the tight end position, and I picked Harrison Bryant from Cleveland. He's owned in 0.9% of leagues. Tight end is pretty much the hardest thing to project, so I'm just throwing darts here, hoping for the best. Um, in week seven, he, was, he put up 21.6 points. Against Cincinnati, he had four receptions on five targets for 56 yards and two touchdowns. He's a rookie tight end. But Cleveland tries to get him the ball consistently. He's seen at least two targets for every game, at least, except for one. Right now, he's my pick because he has a, a whole lot of opportunity there. Tight end number one, Austin Hooper, is out with an appendectomy. Tight end number two, and David Njoku wants to be traded. Running back one, Nick Chubb, has, is on IR still. And OBJ just towards ACL. So there's a lot of targets to go around. So why not look at Harrison Bryant? Why can't he get him? Um, so he gets to soak up all those targets right now. And it's not like Harrison Bryant, some slouch or somebody who's never played the tight end position before, because he's out there around 54% of snaps on average on the season. Also in college, he was the winner of the John Mackey award, which is the nation's best tight end. So he knows what he's doing. Next up, he plays the Raiders. The Raiders ranked number 14th against tight ends. And this could be a huge problem if they don't have Jonathan Abram back. Maybe he's still on that COVID-19 list. He's the guy that covers tight ends. And if he's not there, the 14th could turn to 20th. And that's going to be a big day for Harrison Bryant. Eric, what do you think about Harrison Bryant? Um, you know, he is going to be targeted a lot because Njoku sucks. And Hooper was out with appendicitis. And here's his stats. 12 receptions, 126 yards, three touchdowns. 10.5 average yards. That's going to get you fantasy points. And he has been targeted 18 times by Traden's main man, Baker Mayfield. Uh, I would probably actually pick him up 
but uh, Ebron, my tight ends are finally doing something. I had Ingram, like Alex was saying, he actually had 10.9 points this week on my bench. And then I played Ebron and he had 11 points. Finally, they finally went in the double digits, my tight ends this week. Um, but yeah, I, I would pick him up if I didn't have those two tight ends already. Uh, a couple of other notable tight ends is Richard Rogers from the Eagles. Owned at 6.5% of leagues, he had 14.5 points. And Trey Burton from Indiana, owned in 10.2% of leagues. And he had 21.9 points two weeks ago, so that was a big breakout game. He was a really big guy last year, two years ago, before he got injured. And he's a big name to look out for. Because Philip Rivers doesn't throw that far, so tight ends is where it's at. So, now we're going to go around the clock here. Traden, who is your favorite? Um... I like always like to pick someone that you didn't pick, as you know. Um, oh, I want to take this time to gloat. Justin Herbert went off. So thank you for making me look good, Justin Herbert. Um, Carlos Hyde is my pick. Uh, Roddy, Roddy yeah, back is, uh, well, if he's active, he's going to be fine. We don't know. He's questionable. Um, and, and I looked that up. I'm not going to, I'm not going to pick a guy that's out, dumbass. Did you read it? <laughs> Watch him not play. Let's make a $5 bet. He doesn't play. Okay, five dollar bet, fine, right here, right now. Uh, he's been running back has been harder than normal. Um, this team has, you know, I mean, or I guess running backs overall has just been injury after injury. Um, Carlos Hyde is a huge pickup for the Seahawks. Chris Carson is down, um, and he knows how to he knows how to take a big, you know, workload. Um, he's not as explosive as he used to be, but he's essential for that offense now, assuming he plays when he plays. When I get my five dollars. <laughs> All right, Eric. I did have Carlos Hyde actually this year. I dropped him because he got hurt. But my pick would be Ayuk. And I actually mentioned that dude to you last Sunday. Remember, I was like, this guy's been going off. He's pretty good. So that's my pick. Uh, Alex. Uh, I got Scotty Miller of the Bay Buccaneers. He went off for 22 points last week. Uh, What's his fucking face? Chris Godwin is not playing because he hurt his finger. Um, they're playing the New York Giants, who are awful. And Tom Brady apparently can still ball at age 50 million. So I'm going Scotty Miller. That is so surprising that he can still do that. Last two, Tyler. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be boring and stick with the guy you gave me, Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I think he's just the guy that I'm looking at right now uh, for, for quarterbacks. Um, like I said, you got to pick your spots here now with kind of we're in the, we're in the middle of the season. Looking at those projected points, I think this is one of the best weapons you can get off the waiver wire. And that concludes my segment. Thank you, James. Uh, let's hope I don't fucking lose again. I think I've – no, okay. I thought I lost two weeks in a row. I'm, lo- I'm like now I'm like win, lose, win, lose. So it's going to be win, 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 win. Uh, when we return, Traden is going to go over the worst endings in sports history. And believe me, you're going to want to hear about it. Hello, everyone. We are back. Uh, let me clarify. When I said worst endings, uh, I meant uh, the craziest endings. Worst would be if you were on that team that lost in that craziest ending. Um, but Traden's here to engage that conversation. Yeah, man. Um, you know, thank you for a, a huge fan of ours um, bringing, bringing a topic to my attention. Um, 
And I think I, I think this kind of topic came up after Saturday's game in the World Series. That was absolutely batshit. Um, and I guess it really doesn't matter now because the Rays ended up losing anyway. <laughs> but it definitely extended the series, so it made it fun. Um, I mean, obviously in that game, we know that the Dodgers had two uh, two huge errors, and it just completely like went all the shit in a matter of one play. Um, so that was absolutely um, crazy. Uh, I was actually half op- hoping that would happen again today, but it did not, um, obviously. <laughs> Uh, but I just wanted to kind of like I, I showed the guys a couple of videos of some wild endings that have that have kind of occurred in, in sports history. Um, and I just want to kind of go around and, and, you know, get their perspective on what they thought was, you know, kind of the, the, a big one or, or one that kind of stood out. Um, so, I'll, you know, I'm going to start with Eric. I mean, Eric, you know, you saw the videos or, or you've also seen sports, you know, over the course of your whole life. So I'm sure that you've seen some crazy endings. What what stand, which one stands out to you, or what few stand out to you? Um, yeah, a few stand out. I mean, you sent two uh, videos. They were both like you know longer than ten minutes. Uh, that's a long time. No, I'm kidding. But uh, seriously, but some that stood out to me the the CFL football game, the Canadian Football League, with all the <laughs> kicking. Like, so yeah. I, I've actually heard about that one before but never actually saw it. But yeah, apparently in that league, you could just fucking kick the ball back and forth to each other. Yeah. But I, I just love the announcers. It's like, and here he goes, he kicks it out. And then they're like, oh no, and he's, he's kicking it out. Like they got to keep kicking it out to each other. <laughs> that shit was pretty crazy. Um, remember the, uh, it was the college football game, Cal versus Stanford. Um, the band was marching on the field. Yeah. It was in like the eighties. And uh I think it was Stanford does a kickoff return and the dude just bashes in to one of the, I think the tuba, one of the tuba players. Well, Mike, um, right. It was the video when it comes to that one in particular, because it was at the end, they didn't really show us the ending of what actually happened. Yeah. So, I, technically there should have been a foul that, you know, the players were, you know, coming on the field there and they were playing, they were, they were still in, in play. Like the game was still live, which is cool. Yeah. He bashed into a, a tuba player um, in the very end. Uh, another two more, uh, the Bears and Eagles a few years ago. Tyler will remember this. That kicker for the Bears missed the game winner. He fucking pinged all three posts to miss. You remember that? It was like oh, ping, ping. Was that Cody Parkey? Cody Parkey, dude. Yeah. He missed. Yeah. He hit all three posts, missed. But I think in that game as well, he missed like two other kicks before that, and they also hit the post. He hit the post every kick. That's just That's just shitty. Bad luck. Um, and my favorite one, of course, the bias comes in. It was the Clippers' 31-point comeback against the Warriors two years ago in the playoffs. Uh, with, like, five seconds, Shea Gildas-Alexander drives in for a wide-open dunk, and he passes it to Lou Williams, who hits a lot of good shots, who passes it to our rookie, Landry Shamit, who hits a three with, like, two seconds left, and they complete the comeback. They show the, all the clips of the Warriors fans just, like, hands on head looking around like their dog just got ran over or something. It was, it was great. It, it just sucks being on the receiving end of those ridiculous plays. Uh, Tyler, what, which one stood out to you? I mean, and there was a lot of baseball ones on there, but there were also a lot of, you know, good hockey ones. So which ones kind of stuck out, stuck out here, stuck out for you? Yeah. A lot, a lot of baseball ones. Um, the one for me that I think is the most classic one is the, the uh, Buckner game. Um, for me, that's just live it's probably the most infamous error in MLB history. Um, it adds just so much of that legacy of the uh, curse of the Bambino with the 
Red Sox, they ended up losing that game, lost the World Series. If, if Buckner would have caught that ball, stepped on first base, they might have been world champions that year. Um, just a brutal, brutal loss. Also, shout out to my boy Vince Scully, one of the most iconic calls of all time on that play. Um, so for me, that's the one I think that sticks out the most in memory. But the one that I saw in per or not in person, but when I saw live on TV, that still got to me the most was the um, Auburn walk-off uh, missed field goal return. Um, that was absolutely insane. That was what, one of the height of, of, that, of that rivalry. Um, and watching that live, I, I was jumping up and down. And I'm not even an Auburn fan. I don't give a shit if Auburn wins or loses. But I was just so hyped. I think the crowd just being so hyped around it was just such an intense, awesome moment. So for me, watching it live in per live, not in person, live, um, that was probably my favorite one. Yeah, that that that's that was crazy. Uh, I mean, all of these. That's all the really the, the best word to describe all of these. James, um, a lot of football ones, a lot of crazy football plays. Um, like, what do you, what were you, which one stuck out for you? Uh. I actually only had one on my list that was football related and Tyler just took it. So you should have really asked me first. <laughs> that kind of sucks. Okay. But yeah, that one was crazy with the 109 yards of return. That was cool. But the biggest baseball one that I thought was awesome was the one when the Indians beat the Royals with a hit in the bottom of the ninth. That hit a bird. Yes. It deflected. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, like, it was probably from like the 70s. I don't know. The film looks super great. I could be wrong. It could have been the 2000s, man. I don't know when that was. 2000s it is. Thank you, Alex. Happened in the 2000s, not the 70s. I was 30 years off. That's crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, that was like that's probably never going to happen again because yeah. the fact that that ball hit the bird and then just deflected off and pretty much is kind of like a walk-off. Like, that was yeah. crazy, dude. Should have been a routine play. <laughs> like, it <just> wasn't. <laughs> really. Um, and, and, I think, and I think these plays, and that one in particular, really shows why we – a part of why we love sports so much and that, it, you know, it's so unpredictable at times that, you know, anything can literally happen. I mean, that game, that's a routine play. Like you said, that, that, that should be done, you know, out done you, the game's over, but it just, it hits a fucking bird. It just completely yeah, changes man. the entire game. Like it's crazy. Um, I, I, that one, that one really stuck out for me, but uh, Alex, what about you? Uh, okay, Tyler, I'm pretty sure you and I watched that Auburn uh, Alabama game together because that one was I thought about that one. Uh, I kind of went off script a little bit. I went like like pretty negative to be honest. <laughs> uh, one of the ones that really stuck out to me because I watched it live um, again, not in person, was the perfect game ruined <laughs> by the oh, yeah, Joyce call, um, Armando Galarraga. It also helps now that it was against the Trastros because fuck them. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's a, uh, you know, other than the Buckner thing, probably one of the like worst calls in the history of baseball, um, ground ball to first base, Miguel Caprera flips it to Galarraga. He steps on first, uh, the runner gets called safe, even though he's out by about a step and that ruined a perfect game. Uh, and Galarraga never really rebounded. Uh, that was in 2010. And then he was out of baseball by 2012. Um, they did, they did kind of have a little simpatico moment at home plate the following day. Uh, but I mean, for that guy, you know, there's fewer than 20 perfect games in the history of baseball. So that is uh, one that kind of sticks out to me. And then my, I have one more was not on your video. I kind of pulled this one out. Uh, it's tennis. We have not talked about tennis one time on this podcast, but I do remember watching this one. Uh, John Isner, who's an American. So, I'll throw, you know, shout out to the USA versus Mahout, who I believe is French. 
in Wimbledon in 2010, they played a match that lasted a total of 11 hours and five minutes. It took three days because Wimbledon does not allow lights. The final score in that final sets, for those you don't know tennis in the men's game, you have to win three out of five uh, sets. And then you have to win the final set by two, like two games. It was 70 to 68. Typically you need six to win. The final set itself took eight hours and 11 minutes, which that final set is longer than the longest game in tennis history or tennis match ever. Uh, And then because of that, they changed the rule to break tiebreakers uh, to have tiebreakers because it was just insane. And uh, I mean, I feel bad because so Isner did win uh, the American, but then he just got blown out the next match because he had like a day off after playing 11 hours of tennis, like that's fucking nuts. Uh, you know, I think it's, uh, that one just blows my mind every time I like look up the stats on that one. So that, those were, those were that's absurd. Um, I actually wish you would have said like, it was, it was one off of a, you know, a bad serve or something stupid. Like they go it was, eight the, 11 hours and it's just the like, final of the, I watched the video and the final point where he won was literally just like a little backhand down the line, like a no. pretty like easy fluid little shot. And I'm sure Mahout was just like, dude, my legs don't work anymore. Like <laughs> I can't move. It was nuts. That's, that's crazy. Um, I love it. Um, some that, stuck out to me and I think the one that I think we all saw live and what I what you know it's been debated to this day of whether it was a good play it has to be the the 2014 Super Bowl um the Patriots versus the Seahawks first of all the fucking I think who who caught it at the at the two-yard line I don't, I don't know who actually Brown yeah amazing catch like that alone is crazy if that if they would have won off you know off the next play that that could still make the cut but to to then turn around and it be a you know a a pick you know at the at the goal line just unbelievable was it i think it was what second or first down it goes second down they decided to go with that throw right james was it second i think it was third it was hand the ball to marshawn lynch down and they didn't should have been it should have been and and you know what matt Matt Rivera will de- debate with this to his day. I know, I know, he debated it with me back then. Um, that you know, it shouldn't. Have, they, they had the right call at the end, but I, 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 I have to disagree. Um, the another couple that that stuck out. I obviously have to bring up the hockey ones. The big one is the controversial. I think it was the 2000 um, Stanley Cup um, final goal. Final goal. Um, Back in the day, you actually couldn't be in the crease at all for for any goals. So if if you were, if any of your part of your skate was in the crease, it's an automatic no goal. But they didn't have um, challenges back then, and the the um, the goal was the goal scored by the uh, by the Dallas Stars, um, and they won their first cup then. Um, but the the guy I forget who it exactly was. I, I'm going to say it was um, Brett Hull, but I don't remember who was actually in the crease. But he slightly was in the crease, and it's it shows clearly on the review um but that you can't you can't there was no review back then there was no uh, um, challenges back then and 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 buffalo went on to lose that obviously and to this day it shouldn't have been a goal and they probably they they still should have had that game going on um that was in triple overtime i mind you so crazy ending and the final one has to go to the Toronto Marlies, who are an AHL team. Back in 2012, they were they were competing for the Calder Trophy, which is the Stanley Cup of the AHL. 
the puck. This is in uh, this is in off uh, uh, overtime. The puck is dumped in by the Norfolk pl uh, player. Just a standard dump in. Um, ben Scrivens back then was there was the Toronto Marlies goaltender. Um, I believe LA fans would know who that is. Yeah, go. We won the cup that year. We got him. Standard goes behind the net to stop it, so that his defenseman can come and pick it up. And it takes the craziest bounce off the corner, sharpest angle you ever saw, and it goes right in the net. And the uh, the Toronto Marlies ended up going down 3-0 in the series and then ended up losing. Um, Dallas Eakins was their coach, who ended up being a coach for the Oilers um, a little bit after that. And, uh, yeah, he, he was pretty pissed off. He literally said on air that he would rather have been kicked in the nuts than, than lose a hockey game like that. And I don't blame him. Um, but as I, as I mentioned, um, you know, crazy endings to sports and, and overall just, you know, the, the uh, unpredictability of, of sports is what really keeps us, keeps us engaged. And if everything was just the same, you know, or, or these standard plays were, were, you know, always standard, I don't think it would be as fun to watch. Even in the pros, um, you see some crazy, you see some crazy stuff happen lapses of judgment or just terrible calls. Um, and it just makes sports that much better. Um, and I think these plays kind of, kind of highlight that. So I suggest you guys go on YouTube, look up some crazy, some crazy wild endings. Please let us know what you think is a crazy ending that we missed talking about. We love to, we love to hear what you guys have to say on that. Um, but that kind of wraps up my segment. I mean, shit, we can't trading can never go a segment without the Toronto hockey organization involved or the Edmonton Oilers, but it's glad I'm glad because we didn't really hear much hockey yet. So, you know, we always have to hear a little bit of hockey. I have to hear a little bit of hockey in every podcast um, to get me right. So coming back after the break will be Alex. We're going to talk. Who would your top four dinner guests be dead or alive? This is going to be an interesting one guys. When we return. back uh we are gonna hear from all of us but alex is gonna start it off with the four top dinner guests dead or alive you would want to be with right alex yeah so yeah it was kind of a yeah if you want to go you know i'm my in my mind i'm like you know you're going to a nice steak restaurant you're gonna order you know you're gonna drop some cash you're gonna have a few cocktails these are people you've always wanted to meet in your entire life someone you think would tell you great stories uh doesn't have to be a sports figure uh minor like a little bit of both um i'll go last though because i want to hear what you guys said uh we haven't planned this out so james you can go first all right so if anybody knows me you'll know the first person i'm gonna have on this list trade you want to take a guess at this just because you probably know me the best um uh, i don't know is that uh mr patrick willis it is mr patrick willis he is the number one guy no but they play on the same team he's my number one guy that i'd like to go to dinner with Patrick Willis, if you guys don't know who he is, he's my favorite football player of all time. He was a dominant middle linebacker for the 49ers. He should be Hall of Famer pretty soon here. The biggest thing I admire about him is that he, his passion for the game and his story just coming out. Like, he's worked so hard coming from nothing. He had to fight against all adversity. He was homeless. He had to take care of his brothers and sisters with no parents. And he figured it out and made it to the league while giving back to the community. 
And I think that's very admirable. So I'd love to go to dinner with him, hear a story and see why he loves football so much. Next, I have David Goggins. Do you guys know who that is? Anybody? Looking like a no. So David Goggins is an ex-Navy SEAL. He's an ultra marathon runner, ultra distance cyclist, triathlete. He pushes his body to limits that you guys can't even think of. Like if you think there's something your body couldn't do right now, he's done it. Uh, he ran a 100-mile marathon without any previous training just because he wanted to. The guy's insane. He's crazy. He has, an, he has a book out. It's called Can't Hurt Me. Um, I've read that, and I've listened to a lot of his podcasts and whatnot. And so I try to use a lot of his methods and incorporate that into my daily life and how I live my life. So a couple of things I like to incorporate here is keep pushing even when it gets hard because that's where you get results. Sounds about right. And, <laughs> and do things that absolutely suck to callous your mind to make life easier. So that's what I try to do on a daily basis. Do something as that's probably the worst thing I could think of. Like my workouts typically horrendous. I feel like I'm going to die after that, but it makes me a better person. So here we go. Uh, coming in at third is Elon Musk. He's just a super interesting dude. I want to know how his mind works. Like, how is he so creative all the time? I want to, like, his intelligence and his problem-solving skills are unparalleled, and I want to know how he does it. So just being able to talk to him would be really cool. Lastly, I have MLK, just because in this political landscape we're in right now and all the, like, everything surrounding people of color, he's, like, the best person to go to. We talked about all this because of what he started back in the day. Uh, he's super courageous. He did what he believed was right, even in the midst of all the danger. Like he probably he knew he was gonna die, but he still did it anyway, because it was the bigger picture, just for the better humanity. And he did that. So I'd like to talk to him about how he, how he managed all that and like personalities and how he continued to do what he did. And those are my four. Sweet. Those are that's a great four. That's a real eclectic group. Ooh, big word there. Uh, I'm really liking. I'm really liking those four. Uh, Eric, what you got? Yeah, I mean, my four are gonna sound like clowns versus that. But uh, hey, it's it's your dinner yeah, party, man. Do yeah, do true, whatever you want to do. True. Uh, actually, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. First, I got Jimi Hendrix. Uh, dude, absolutely shredded the purple Stratocaster. Played it upside down because they didn't make uh, right-handed guitars at the time, I believe. Um, part of that big big musical movement during his times, Woodstock, all that, the '60s. I believe 50s and 60s um, just seemed like a chill dude um, speaking of dudes I have Jeff Bridges as specifically the dude from wow. the movie The Big Lebowski uh, he has to be the dude though when we go to dinner um, <laughs> <laughs> can't be himself he has to be the dude uh, he's a calm yet interesting I feel like it just be yeah, a calm yet interesting time in his presence talking about, you know, how carpets and rugs really tie the rooms together, things like that. Uh, next, I got, I have to throw a female in the mix, Shakira. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I was thinking earlier, like a female, I was thinking J-Lo. But, you know, after that Super Bowl uh, duo, and I would call it a battle almost last year, Shakira, Shakira won that battle. Um you know, who wouldn't want to have dinner with her and just stare at her, you know, because she's pretty attractive. And those hips don't lie. She can move around well. Uh, everyone likes someone that can move well. And lastly, I got Eminem. Um, yeah, I didn't really throw any sports people on here, as I just realized. But yeah, Eminem, one of my favorite musical artists, Shocker. Uh, 
And I just want to know what the hell is going on in that guy's head and what is he constantly thinking about? He's all over the place. Um, he seems like a crazy yet interesting guy. Okay. I like those answers a lot. It makes me feel good. You put a female on there. Cause I also did, but for very different reasons and yeah, maybe not that different. Uh, Tyler, you can go next. I'm a little worried that you and I are going to have similar ones. So you can go next and then I will call, call an audible if they're the same. So all right. for well, it. I know for sure we probably have one that's the same. So I'll start with that one. It's Finn Scully. Um, obviously this dude is like a legend in broadcasting. Obviously he's been a, with the Dodgers forever. Um, and just has so many stories um, and just a great overall guy, like just to sit down and talk to a guy like that, you know, just from a different time he's lived, all the experiences. Um, Vince Scully is probably the number one guy I would invite to a dinner if I can invite anybody. Um, so when I was kind of doing these, I was trying to thinking, I didn't want to make them all sports, all whatever. I was just trying to think of like what my different passions and different things I'm interested in and trying to pick the person that I want to talk to the most in that. Um, so my second kind of thing is I'm like really into like science and like learning more about things and just that whole, that whole thing. Um, so the person I want to go to dinner with is the, is Neil deGrasse Tyson. Um, I think most people know who that is. Um, he's an astrophysicist. Um, he's very commonly seen on, you know, late night, late night talk shows and stuff. Um, I've read two of his books. I listened to his podcast. Uh, I watch his TV show. Um, I just think he's a super interesting guy, super smart guy, super funny guy. Um, just to get, just to talk to him about, you know, space and astrophysics and pretty much anything science would be super awesome. Just to pick that guy's brain would be great. Um, then the third, third thing uh, was, was comedy. And this one was a tough one for me because there's a lot of great stand-up comics and just a lot of good comic writers and comic people out there and through history and now. So I was trying to think of just the guy currently who would want to go with. And I think Bill Burr right now is my guy. Um, uh, yes. He just hosted Saturday Night Live. Would, would, would love to talk to him about that experience. He was in Star Wars on The Mandalorian. Would love to talk to him about that. He's, he, he's a big sports guy. Um, so we can talk about sports. We, we, we have that Boston LA rivalry going on. And he's just a super funny guy. Um, so would love to talk, talk to Bill Burr. And then my last one is, uh, is music. And I went a little nerdy on this one. Uh, I went John Williams. Um, for people who don't know who that is, he's the composer of like every major cinematic movie of all time. Star Wars um, is the main one. Uh, just to talk to that guy about how, he, how his creative process and his music, because his music is just legendary. He's the original greatest music composer ever. So those are my four. Okay. I like that. Uh, I had a backup because I was 100% prepared for you to say Vince Scully. So yeah, I, I'm good on that one. Uh, Traden, finish that. Give us your four. All right. Well, mine are cliche as fuck. That okay. said, they all have a theme. Um, and I'm going to see if you guys know what the theme is after I'm there, after I'm done. Um, it's got to be number 99, <laughs> Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> I mean, the guy, the, the guy truly is, has gone, has, is the main driver for growth of hockey in, in the United States, let alone California. Um, he is the most well-known hockey player on the planet. Everybody knows who he is and nobody knows what hockey is. I mean, especially United States and everybody knows who he is. That's how big of a deal he is. Um, and he's arguably the most personable guy of his echelon. Does that, that make sense? He, he legitimately 
seems like such a you know great guy to get along with and, and talk to and you could just talk his ear off and um just you know get to get to know everything that he's done um even when he was a kid that you know we don't know i don't know that much about him at, at that age but um i i'd love to 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 sit down to dinner with him um my next one is going way back it's a founding father but it's not the founding father that most people would pick um George, uh, thomas jefferson is my is my pick um he, the author of the declaration of independence a huge influence um it in into you know what america was was kind of built on and what it is now um helped expand the country you know more than double in his in his time um, as president he was a huge influence for um you know for for united states in general and i just want to know i just want to know everything that he went through and everything that he that he helped build um, he's a fast, he's, he's one of the most fascinating um, founding fathers, in my opinion, uh, next to Hamilton. Um, my third one would be Buzz Aldrin. Um, the guy was the second man to walk on the moon um, next to Neil Armstrong. I think Buzz is just a funny guy. If you ever heard him, um, heard him uh, um, interview, he just seems, he just seems like a very upbeat guy. Um, he, he's someone that I, 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 I want to hear everything about that mission. I want to hear everything about his life. Um, he's a fascinating, he's a fascinating dude. Um, and number four, Bill Gates. Um, Bill Gates is one of the most influential entrepreneurs of all time, um, and he, he helped. He yeah, you know, he helped usher in a, a, a company, a firm that is going to withstand the test of time. Um, the, it, it is one of the best, if not the best, tech companies in the world, and he and he will continue to leave his imprint um, both outside of Microsoft as well. He's a, he's a huge philanthropist. Um, and, a, and a huge, huge influence um, in the business and, you know, overall, you know, in the world. So, um, so he, that's, that's huge. Thank you, James. I appreciate you bringing that up. That's not the theme. Theme is not white people. That is, uh, that makes me look really bad, but no. Um, <laughs> thank you for, for make for bringing that up. Now I feel like an asshole. Um, anybody else have a guess? What is, I actually do have a real guess. Yeah, you, what is it, James? <laughs> is it people at the top of their field? No, close though. Is it people who influence things? Mm, yes, but I'm looking for a specific keyword. Tyler and Alex, any idea? Give it to us. Expanders of their of their they're expand they're expanders of their particular field. So they 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 expand it everything that they that they touched. Wayne Gretzky expanded hockey into the United States. Thomas Jefferson expanded the United States in general. Uh, Buzz Aldrin expanded our our outreach into you know the final frontier. And Bill Gates, it's pretty self-explanatory there. Wow, I would not have guessed that was the word you were looking for, uh, but I like it. Those are uh, those are good lists. Um, I'll go through mine real quick. Uh, my first one, kind of piggybacking off of Vince Scully and a little bit MLK, Jackie Robinson. Um, you know, everything that he went through as a player and as a human being, he would be immensely interesting to talk to, um, you know, just what and, you know, if he were alive today, I'd be really interested to see what he would have to say about our current climate um, from someone who got, you know, berated by fans for years and years and years and he put up with it. Um, he was a big supporter of MLK. He marched with him. He'd be a really interesting person. Um, it's also, you know, shout out to the Dodgers again for winning a World Series. So that's kind of why I put him on there. Yeah. Uh, my second person, shout out to the Lakers for winning. Kobe, uh, he was my favorite athlete growing up, um, especially with him passing this year. 
Um, you know, it'd be so interesting to get him to tell you about his playing days with Shaq, playing against LeBron, playing against MJ, um, how he kind of turned the Lakers around post Shaq into Pau Gasol years um, and what his final years were like battling injury and playing on some just really awful teams and what he thought, you know, the future would have been for him and his daughters and the Mamba Academy and everything that Kobe stood for. Um, his Oscars uh, speech and his Oscars uh, short film, that would have been crazy interesting to talk to about too. Uh, Trayton, you kind of fucked me on this one. I really didn't think you were going to go with the founding father. So I did say George Washington. Uh, I have been watching a lot and listening to a lot of Hamilton. Shout out to Ashley, my fiance for that. Um, Thomas Jefferson is also a great pick. I think, you know, any of those founding fathers getting some insight from any of them, Hamilton, Adams, you know, um, Madison, any of those guys would be super interesting. Um, and then on a totally not serious note, uh, Jennifer Lawrence, because she's my baby girl <laughs> and she's yes. on my hall pass list. Uh, so that's a <laughs> shout out to Eric too. Uh, put that one on there. Little, little brevity, you know, um, luckily Ashley doesn't listen to this anyway, because she hates us. So it's fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Jennifer Lawrence is my last one. Uh, I loved your guys' lists, uh, listeners out there. If you guys have got lists, let us know. Um, you know, if you hate our list, let us know. I, I don't know how you can. I think you personally killed it. Uh, but other than that, that uh, rounds out my segment. That was solid, Alex. That was fun. Random fun fact, you just sparked my mind. I somehow am related to Aaron Burr, dude, who assassinated Alexander Hamilton. Do you don't know how you're related to him? I, I don't know. I should find out. Maybe it's 20. I can, maybe I should do that 23 and me thing where you spit in a tube. No free ads. Uh, <laughs> um, yes. Thank you for your segment, Alex. That was fun. Uh, listeners, let us know who you would like to you know, go to dinner with. Top four dead or alive. Uh, one more segment. When we, when we return, uh, Tyler is going to let you know about the ending of the MLB World Series of 2020 and who won. If you don't know yet, you'll find out. Stay tuned. And we are to our last segment. those of you out in LA tonight, be safe. The virus is going to be running rampant. Uh, the streets will be ravaged by LA Dodgers fans because they will be rioting because, Tyler, what happened actually? How about you tell us? The Los Angeles Dodgers won the fucking World Series. And I still can't believe it. I'm just saying that right, my, right now. That's unbelievable. Uh, damn. Um, especially, <laughs> especially after the uh, Lakers won their championships la won two championships in a month i don't know if that's ever happened in u.s major sports two cities winning a championship in the same month um obviously hashtag covid reason for that but still pretty awesome um so yeah they they beat the rays in six games um one game six three to three to one um pretty crazy pretty pretty crazy game um before I get into the Dodgers side of things, I think the major thing with the Rays in that game was pulling Blake Snell. Um, I think that was one of the most idiotic, stupid thing moves I have seen in a big time moment. Um, trading, because I know I love how you get triggered and love to go on rants about these things. So I'm asking you about this one, and I'm pretty sure that you've been watching it. Um, so obviously, like, you don't watch a ton of baseball. 
But I think anyone that watches can watch any sport can understand Blake Snell's out there absolutely dealing, lights out pitching. He struck out Mookie Betts, Corey Seager, and Justin Turner, the top three guys in that lineup, all six times he faced him. And he's about to face those guys again, and he gets pulled. And immediately once he gets pulled, the Dodgers start scoring runs. What the fuck are the Rays thinking, Traden? I, I have no idea. Um, that was that was insane. I mean, I, I'll be honest. I, I think that if, if Snell stays in, we're playing tomorrow, boys. I mean, you know, I, I, I really believe that. Um, I know that the, the score doesn't show that, you know, it was a two run or three run game, but um, regardless, I, I think you got to keep Snell in. What do you pitch like 70, you know, 75 or whatever, 73 pitches. And then he gets, you know, he gets pulled for that. I mean, it just, it, it seems insane. And um, it's, it's unfortunate because I really think that the, I really think that we'd be playing tomorrow. Yeah, I think a lot of people other than Dodger fans really wanted to see a game seven. I personally did not. I'm sure most Dodger fans did not either. So I'm happy that they won us tonight. But yeah, of course, you know, game sevens are great. Um, I think I heard a stat earlier in the day that there's actually never been game sevens in both league championship series and in a world series in the same season. Um, so that would, when, that would have been kind of cool to see. But obviously, I'm super stoked for the Dodgers fucking won. Uh, first time in my lifetime that they won the World Series. First time overall in 32 years. Um, we can finally say the Dodgers fucking won a World Series, and that feels amazing. It still hasn't really hit me yet. I'm definitely going to write an article about it and post it on our website so I can get all my full thoughts into it after I've had some time for it to kind of sink in. Um, James, I want to ask you this question. Uh, the MVP award ended up going to Corey Seager who absolutely deserved it, lights out, hit over 400, two, two home runs in the series. Obviously, throughout the whole playoffs, was absolutely raking. Um, I personally thought another player should have, should have deserved the MVP, but first I want to know if you think he's the right guy to win that award. For the series as a whole, absolutely. Uh, for game six, Mookie Betts. Another dark horse, though, Jose Urias. Like, he came in and just cleaned that up. Yeah, but those are my picks. Yeah, what, what, I, what's yours? You tell me. I, I really want to see Kershaw win that MVP. Um, I know it wasn't his best statistical series, but given the fact that he started, he, he he won two games in this series, and both of them were to put the Dodgers ahead in the series. So obviously, Game One go up going up one zero, and a huge pivotal Game Five to go up three two to set up this Game Six win. Um, I think Kershaw deserved that MVP. Nothing against Corey Seager. Corey Seager's fucking deserved it. Um, but, I mean, especially if you if you watch Kershaw pitch a lot, you know during that game five he did not have his best stuff at all. He was struggling out there, and he battled. And I think in, in, in other times in the past, those games he tends to suffer and, you know, gives up eight runs. He only, he only gave up two runs in about six, about six innings in that game five. Um, and he battled and he, and he's a champion though, uh, world series champion. He, he finally got that ring. So I'm proud of him for that. But I personally thought that Kershaw should have won that, won that MVP. Tyler, I think, I think that's why I believe that stats sometimes are bullshit. From what I saw, Kershaw was dominating his, his innings completely. And I don't know much about baseball. He was dominating. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, he got the win. He allowed the he, he, he did his part in, in helping the Dodgers win that game. 
and that's I guarantee you that's all Kershaw cares about, and and all all he cares about is that he's a World Series champion right now. He he could care less about that MVP award. I I, I guarantee you, he he's already won one. He's won three Cy Youngs. He's got all that all that stuff. But I just thought it would have been cool for him to win that one. Um, Eric, did you watch any of this World Series? Just curious. Yes, I did actually. Um, <laughs> I watched a little bit of the game, first two games. Uh, I didn't really watch game three. I think the Dodgers just molly in that game. Um, the, whatever game, the crazy ending happened, I didn't see it live, but I was like at a brewery and saw like everything leading up to it. And it was a bunch of Dodgers fans. They were super happy. And I, and I was just thinking in my head, like when I was leaving, it was like the eighth inning. And the Rays were up, or yeah, the Rays were up. And then uh, I get home, I check my phone. It's like the ninth inning, two outs, and the Dodgers are up. I'm like, shit, they're going to fucking win this. They're going to go up 3-1. They're probably going to pull it off this year. And then I just hear my neighbors just going, no, what the <laughs> fuck? And uh, then I see trade and text our group just like, and I'm like, okay, something must have happened. I'm trying to check to find a play because it just happened. I can't find it. But I did watch most of tonight and I agree with whatever all the shit we've been saying about pulling Snell, but you got to look back. The race had like three innings with two guys on base with one out. They didn't do fucking shit. Uh, they look, I mean, fuck, I've seen it 10,000 times with the angels. You're up one, nothing with all these dudes on base. You're not scoring. Um, and then you pull your pitcher when he's doing good and then shit fucking turns for the worst. Uh, Give the Dodgers credit. So I did watch like the amount of one game, I would say, combined with all those other games, you know? Nice. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we did talk about it last week, how much of an advantage the Dodgers have over the Rays on the offensive side of things, and they definitely showed it in this series, especially in those situational hitting. I think the Dodgers hit like over – like almost 350 with two outs with runners in square position. And position the Rays hit like 100 or something crazy. I mean, that's going to win you a series um, every time. And I, you know, I think the, the Dodgers and the Rays pitching were pretty even and the Dodgers offense put them ahead. I think that's kind of what we called last week. And I think that's kind of ended up what happening in the series. Lots of records being broken too, Eric. We, you had that record records segment a while back. Uh, Randy Rosarena, 10 home runs in the postseason. That That's a new record. Absolutely crazy. That dude deserved to win MVP honestly probably from every from anybody had a fantastic postseason the Dodgers set a bunch of records I think that they set a record I think it was 13 straight postseason games with a home run um and then there's probably also I'm pretty sure there was also a strikeout record as um as well just for overall strikeouts um so, so super fun series all right Alex I'm gonna end it with you you're, you're my fellow Dodger fan when they made that last out did you cry? Uh, I came really fucking close. Not going to lie. Uh, I jumped up and down a bunch, uh, scared the dog. Uh, <laughs> probably my shoulder is going to hurt tomorrow from just air pumps. Um, it was, I, I mean, it, it helped like the Mookie Homer in the top of the or the bottom of the eighth really helped. Um, yeah. Having that extra run uh, made it a little less terrifying. Um, I would like to point out, Ty, you and I both predicted Dodgers in six, so we nailed that yep. prediction. Um, on the MVP side, I I really wanted Kershaw to win it, but I might have to agree with James. Like, Julio Urias might deserve it. 
He's yeah. been lights out this entire postseason. Came in, finished those last two plus innings. Um, it hasn't really set in for me either. Um, Ashley already told me like, don't spend all your rent money on like <laughs> world champ gear, and I was like, that's what credit cards are for. Exactly. Uh, so, like, it's it's a wild ride. We'll see how we feel tomorrow. Uh, might not be able to sleep tonight though. Definitely really excited. Hey, yeah. Tyler and Alex. Yeah. Um, we, we had mentioned this, I, we were, I was thinking that you guys should just nerd out and have a, have like a 30 minute, you know, podcast between you, you, you know, an episode just talking about this and everything and how you guys are feeling and just kind of, you know, cheer out and nerd out on it. Yeah. I would be 100% down to do that. We will do that for sure. hundred yeah. percent. Um, yeah, for, for me going through those last few innings, you know, I don't think it really hit me until I think probably around the top of the seventh when Julio got that strikeout and they were six outs away and I was like, Oh fuck. And then I started getting those, my, my, my chest was pounding. My, you know, heart was in my throat. I was sweating, you know, all those emotions and all, and all that stuff that happens with this. And <clears throat> when they made that last out, you know, I mean, I don't even know what I was thinking. And then it really hit me when I saw the banner at the bottom that said Los Angeles Dodgers 2020 World Series champions. I think that's when it really hit me and definitely teared up a little bit seeing Kershaw run out in the field. Fuck. I mean, absolutely crazy. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to take a while for this to sink in. It's currently 2.15 a.m. here in Bermuda. I don't think I'm sleeping either. <laughs> um, <laughs> absolutely crazy. been getting tons of texts and calls from friends, from fellow Dodger um, fans it's been great um unbelievable run by the dodgers for for 2020 um i'm really excited to see what's i think they're gonna have a few more left in them with with um, with this team i think they, they got a long ways to go um so yeah that's about all i got for that uh dodgers you, fuck can, they you sound like you're crying right now tyler like i was a, de- i was definitely getting a little emotional tyler, my bad i, I know uh, it's not gonna be easy for you i still think we need to shout out the rays they scrapped through that they gave you guys a fucking series and i know absolutely. you guys are worried especially after that that fourth game I, tell me i'm wrong oh no 100 percent. i mean the rays are nasty the rays pitching is scary and the thing is like they do strike out a lot but they can also mash and for 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 me my my fear was if they kept these games close they at any time if they get it you know if the dodgers get a walk and it's a tie game or or they're up by one at any point any of those race hitters can can hit one um over the fence i mean the rays are a great team tons of respect for that team um i for, for I honestly thought it might have gone to a game seven with the way that Blake Snell was pitching. Thank you, Kevin Cash, for taking him out. Thank you for that gift. We, we fucking came back and won that game. Um, but yeah, con, congrats to the race, Ale Champions. Uh, great, great pot series. I have three things, actually, that just popped in my head. One, what is Snell's contract? Do you know? Off the top of my head, I do not know. He's got a couple more years. He like just signed an extension. But it, like Angels, two, go after that three. fucking guy. <laughs> Need a dude like him. He's only like up. he's only twenty five, so he'll be a free agent before he's thirty. Yeah, I'm sure. Second off, I think the MVP before Kevin Cash was the Atlanta Braves, up fucking three one, and couldn't couldn't fucking pull one off. Um, and look where we are tonight. And lastly, I'm going to play the old devil's advocate, Tyler and Alex. Uh, would you trade this whole COVID virus world ending for the World Series win? So, like, 
take away, scratch the Lakers championship, scratch the Dodgers championship, and the world's back to normal with no virus. So this is going to make you guys sound terrible the way you answer this question. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, love this question. That's yeah. an absolutely fucking the that's the probably the meanest thing you've ever said on this podcast <laughs> or to anyone ever in the history of the world but yeah you have to i mean like i would give it up in a heartbeat just with how fucking dysfunctional everything's been you know over a million people have died yeah i'd give it yeah i'd give it up tyler yeah i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to agree with alex on that one um but I, I'm pretty sure the Dodgers would have won it if it was a normal season too, and I think they're going to win it next year too. So let's fucking go back to back. Yeah, I, I just wanted to, I just wanted to put you guys on the spot, and you answered it correctly. So <laughs> yeah. there was no right or wrong answer, you know. Good but, thing uh, the Oilers yeah, didn't win. There dude. definitely was a wrong answer. There. <laughs> so good, good episode tonight, everybody. Um, lots of breaking news, you know, people coming and going. Uh, you know, thank you to all the listeners. We're almost on episode twenty. This has been a wild ride. We're almost 20 weeks in. Football is uh, about to be week nine, right, James? Ten, uh, eight. eight. <laughs> we all came different. Uh, yeah, it's, we're about to be in week eight. We're up. We're like ha- about to be halfway through the football season. Um, I, I guess next week we should go over like all of our predictions of the divisions and see who's the most correct and who isn't, because we always just like to fact check each other. Lastly. We keep saying, get out there and vote. Uh, this, I still need to fucking vote. Um, I need to do my research. These ballots, this, there's a lot of, lot of things going on it. A lot of propositions, a lot of confusing things, a lot of ways to submit. Uh, everyone, you know, get your information in, get your information uh, ready and get out there and vote. Thanks guys.